everyone. Welcome to the Mirror Disciple Podcast. This is Pastor Jeff Strong broadcasting from Nelson, British Columbia. And we are continuing our series looking at the different Enneagram types. We've gone through types one through four, and today we're going to look at type five. Again, the Enneagram is a nine-sided diagram that is really a map for self-discovery and for personal growth. And the diagram describes nine basic personality types that each have a unique way of seeing and relating to the world. And what makes the Enneagram distinct from maybe other personality typologies that people might be familiar with is the fact that the Enneagram accurately and clearly describes the why behind and underneath what we think and feel and the driving motivation that fuels our behavior much of the time. The power of the Enneagram is in its ability to harness and transform self-defeating behaviors into life-enhancing personal empowerment. And the gift of the Enneagram is that through this process of self-discovery, we can create and sustain healthier, more meaningful relationships with other people, with God and ourselves. So let's look at Enneagram type five often classified as the investigator. These are intense cerebral types. They are perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Fives are thinkers who tend to withdraw and observe. Fives feel comfortable and at home in the realm of thought and ideas. They are generally very intelligent, they are well-read and thoughtful, and they frequently become experts in the areas that capture their interest. The problem for fives is that while they are comfortable in the realm of thought, they are frequently a good deal less comfortable when it comes to dealing with their emotions, the demands of a relationship, or the need to find a place for themselves in the world. Fives tend to be shy, non-intrusive, independent, and are often reluctant to ask for help that they that others might be very happy to extend to them. Fives can be secretive, and often they do not feel adequately defended against the world. And to compensate for this sensitivity, fives sometimes adopt an attitude of careless indifference or maybe intellectual arrogance, which has the unfortunate consequence of creating distance between themselves and other people. Trying to bridge the distance can be really difficult for fives, as they're seldom comfortable with their social skills, but when they do manage it, they're often devoted friends and lifelong companions. Fives are usually somewhat restrained when it comes to emotional expressiveness, but they often have stronger feelings than they present to other people. Very few people know what is going on beneath the surface of a five, and a five often um, has an exaggerated need for privacy and a deep-seated fear of intrusion. Because of their sensitivity and their fears of inadequacy, fives fear being overwhelmed, either by the demands that other people place on them or by the strength of their own emotions. And so they sometimes deal with this by developing a minimalistic lifestyle in which they make few demands on others in exchange for few demands being made on them. Other, uh, other fives make their peace with the messi messiness of life and learn to engage it more fully, but they almost always retain their fears that life is somehow going to demand more of them than they can deliver. 
So let's look at some of the core drives that cause a type 5 to think and feel and behave in particular ways. The core fear that lies at the heart of a type 5 is being believing themselves or being exposed as incapable or ignorant or having obligations placed upon them that depletes their energy and they can't rise to the occasion to meet. Their core desire is to be capable and competent in whatever they set out to do. Their core weakness is avarice, which is an old school word that is uh, kind of synonymous with greed. It's this idea that um, it, it's this feeling that they lack the inner resources to meet the demands on them. And so they begin to store and hoard up, not necessarily wealth, but it could be, but it's often knowledge, as a way to um, gain access to the security that they think will come if they have enough knowledge, um, enough expertise, and in some cases, enough money to meet the demands. Feeling that they lack the inner resources and that too much interaction with others can lead to a kind of catastrophic depletion, fives will often withhold themselves from contact with the world. And so greed plays into this, or avarice plays into this, this inordinate desire to accumulate wealth, wealth of knowledge, wealth of possessions, wealth of um, certain material uh, possessions, as a <clears throat> that that desire is there for a five because what they're fearful of is not having the resources at their disposal when those demands um, press in upon them, and so there is this particular temptation towards just a little bit more, just a little bit more money, just a little bit more savings, just a little bit more security secured through more knowledge, more research, more accumulation of that particular resource that the five believes to be the source of their security. The core longing that a five has is to hear that their needs are not a problem and that to know that there is a source for those needs which um, cannot be overwhelmed. When fives are moving in a direction of stress, when things aren't going well for them internally and in terms of calibration in an area of growth, towards an area of growth, uh, fives tend to manifest some of the fault lines associated with a hyperactive or scattered seven. But when they are moving in a direction of integration and growth, fives will become steadily more self-confident and more decisive, much like healthy eights. So if you are a five or suspect yourself to be a five, how do you grow? What are practical steps that you can take to lean into a trajectory of growth and away from um, the pull towards disintegration or stress? Well, the first thing you can do is to learn to notice when your thinking and your speculating takes you out of the immediacy of your experience, right? Your mental capacities can be an extraordinary gift, but they can also be a trap 
when you use them to retreat from contact with yourself and others. And so there's a really important challenge here for fives to stay connected to your physicality, to be aware of your surroundings, to not be kind of moving through life in sort of this out of body, detached posture before other people. It's very easy for a five to lean towards being extremely intense and high strung, so much so that you can find it difficult to just relax and unwind. There's so much happening at the level of, um, there's such a deep and significant cognitive load that a five tends to carry and be working through. It can be very difficult to sort of unplug from that intensity and so it's really important for you as a five to make a concerted effort to learn to calm down in ways that are healthy without drugs or alcohol which um, is a particular temptation to a five exercising using different kinds of finding hobbies that allow you to get um, do, exploit your physicality and get you out and kind of pull you in a healthy way out of your mind and your headspace are really, really helpful. Also take notice of when you're getting intensely involved in projects that actually don't necessarily support your deepest goals and values. Because for a five, it's very possible to follow the rabbit trail in a million different directions. Because for you, there are so many fascinating subjects and games and pastimes, but a lot of these things can become a huge dis distraction from what you really want to be doing and need to be doing. And so it's important for a five to cultivate decisive action across different dimensions of their life so that confidence can grow and that they will learn, um, they will do a deep dive into subjects and areas of interest that are actually building uh, skill sets that are tangibly useful in their everyday life relationships and uh, you know to, to themselves professionally and personally. Fives do tend to find it difficult to trust people and to open up to them emotionally and to make themselves accessible in, in a lot of different ways. Their awareness of potential problems in relationships may tend to create a kind of self-fulfilling prophecy. And so it's important for fives to remember that having conflicts with others is not unusual and that the healthy thing is to work them out rather than to reject attachments with people and withdraw into isolation, which is an ever-present temptation for fives who are in conflict. And so for a five, having one or two intimate friends whom you do trust enough to have conflicts with and then to repair through those conflicts is going to be a huge asset in your life. So if you're not a five, but you have a five in your life or you work with a five, how do you support a five? Well, to create rapport with a five, you want to approach them slowly and thoughtfully. And whether the context is personal or professional, you want to give them room to think things over when you present an idea or you're asking them for input on a particular decision point. You want to try to avoid pressuring them for immediate decision-making or feedback. Fives really value being able to disengage from the scenario, think, th think things through and mull them over, and come to a, 
um, reasoned, principled approach to a situation. Join a five by talking about ideas and valuing the inner life. When in conflict with a five, don't make assumptions about what's going on within them. Ask them for direct communication. Agree to disagree. Emphasize the importance of relationship. Watch out for a five's temptation to control the conflict through withdrawal. And you can also challenge a five to be more warm and generous. Give them lots of information because the more information a five has, the more secure they will be in the process of mulling over the best course of action and then coming back to you confidently um, and trusting you to be a safe space to share their thoughts with. And to support the growth of a five, you wanna make sure it's safe for them to share themselves, especially their feelings, which is very, very difficult for fives to access because they're so often up in their head. And so remind them to let others know that they care and that they will return to the relationship or project after a break, giving them space to walk away and to sort of let, um, to kind of let the different pieces of the conflict or challenge be worked out at the uh, personal level for them before they re-engage in the interpersonal dynamics is really, really important. So let's talk about the gospel and fives. What are the unique resources that Christianity offers those who are a five and want to grow towards maturity and depth and kind of live into the full personhood of who they were created to be as a image bearer of God? Well, as you can imagine, one of the keys for a five to know is that they, that the God, that the living God who created all that is, is a God of abundance and generosity. It's very easy for a five to be tempted into a poverty or scarcity mentality where hoarding seems very logical. And what a five needs to lean into and, and learn to um, accept and operate out of is an awareness of God's abundance and generosity. Right? Greed and hoarding is an expression of distrust and suspicion. Not only that there isn't enough, but that the God of Scripture who promises to provide for our needs isn't actually trustworthy. And so practical steps towards... Um, Faithful acceptance and faithful response to God's generosity are really, really important for a five. One of the scriptures that fives would do well to memorize and ask God to internalize in their heart and in their bones is Philippians 4.19, where the early church leader Paul writes to the church in Philippi and says, My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. The gospel, part of the gospel, the good news of Christianity is that when we embrace Christ as our Lord and Savior, we then inherit um, all of the blessings of God that come from being adopted sons and daughters. And Paul wants the Philippian church to understand this. And he says, my God will meet all your needs. There, there's no need to operate out of a, a mindset that presupposes 
that God is a God of scarcity or a God of poverty or a God who only has so much to, to give. God is overwhelmingly and overflowingly generous and abundant. And we can learn to live from that place of security. And then throughout the scripture, there are these challenges that are specifically targeted, I think, towards those who would be tempted towards greed or avarice. First Timothy 6.10 says, you got to be careful because the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Not money, but the love of it, the desire for just more. If I just had more money, if I just had more of this particular thing, that would give me freedom. It would give me security. That's often the script that is playing out for a five. But scripture says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And then a few verses later, uh, Paul writes to Timothy and says, And so command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is very uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So there's this counter command. Instead of giving in to this natural impulse to say that says, well, the more money I have, the more secure I have, and the more hope I have for the future... Paul says, I want you to command the rich not to be arrogant, not to go in that direction, but instead move towards Christ-like generosity. Learn to extend that wealth for the benefit of other people. And then he says, in doing so, you will learn to put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So again, there's this framing of God's heart as one of abundance and generosity and fullness. And so we don't need to operate from a scarcity mentality. There's this invitation to understand the limits of knowledge and wealth as a source of power and security that a five needs to hear. Proverbs 3, 5 is a pretty famous Bible verse and is instructive to uh, everybody but maybe especially to the heart of a five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It's very tempting for a five to think, if I just gather enough information, if I just do enough research, if I just apply myself and my own understanding with enough sophistication and complexity and depth, then I will have security, then I will have power, then I will be able to access the kind of life that I want to access. And yet, while our rationality is a gift and our knowledge can be a gift, the Bible does warn us that it has serious and significant limits. And we need to learn to trust in God with all of who we are and not trust in our own perspectives and understandings. Because at the end of the day, those will always be limited and they will always lead us down a path where we're going to have to come, we're going to have to confront, um, hopefully with humility, the fact that we cannot think ourselves out of every problem and think through uh, every opportunity before, before us to come up with the right solution. There are limits to human rationality and to human understanding. One Christian who writes as a five reflects that in the end, I needed to remember that God is full of abundance and he gives that abundance to us. It's easy to settle into a mindset of scarcity 
There's not enough time. There's not enough money. There's not enough knowledge. And so out of fear to hoard it as a five, but then he writes, but the antidote is to learn to genuinely trust God. A friend who is a five said to me once, trust comes when I don't have all the knowledge. And he wants me to trust that he will work it out so that I can't rely on myself, but need to know that I am dependent. I can be very individualistic and independent. Having to trust God in my life forces me to remember that I need God. And this person ends his reflection by saying, I need to remember that I need God, that I can trust God and that God loves me regardless of my competency or my usefulness. And I continue to take steps in that direction, knowing who he made me to be. And so as we embrace this good news that we serve a God of abundance, who has promised to give us everything that we need, we can grow as fives in our conscious dependence on God's gracious abundance and provision. And as fives move deeper into maturity. And that's such a good thing because healthy fives are a huge gift to those who are part of their world. Healthy fives have tremendous insights and understanding. They have the ability to observe and see things that most people cannot or don't even notice. And when they use these gifts with an area of expertise, they can bring about real and powerful innovation and radical change that often serves to benefit the world. So I give thanks to God for the fives in my life and I want to continue growing in my ability to understand them and love them well. And I hope this overview of a five will encourage you as a five to do a deeper dive into what it looks like for you to grow into maturity and into Christ likeness. And for those of you with a five in your life, that it will encourage you to see the fives in your life as a gift and to look for concrete ways to support them. That's all for now. See, talk to you guys soon. See you later.